uh, <clears throat> I don't think everybody would like what I have to say. <laughs> but I really believe it's for some people here tonight. And uh, it's for your good and it's for my good. It's very, very important. Okay? So we'll just go straight into it. And uh, stand up. Mark, so good to see you, brother. I'm so glad. You know, one thing about Mark, uh, when I went to their home to see him, I get encouraged when I see no fear. And once I see fear, I know this is a hard one. But I never saw fear in him. And I figured, we've, we've beaten this thing. <laughs> it's all over. And I was glad to see Mark showed no fear. Was in concern, and I was telling him, This is for God's glory. Start writing a book. Somebody would like to read this. A man beaten cancer two times. That's wonderful. And we thank God for you. Let's go, uh, go with our scripture here. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning, He awakens my ear to hear and to learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight, I want to talk about uh, the message I titled it, the, the prayer staff. The prayer staff. And I'm talking about the staff that you work with. The prayer staff. Prayer has always been a strong part of man's relationship with God. It's a major part of Christian life. A very strong part. You see, in our relationship with God, we walk. Walk, you know, with God. As we walk with God, God walks steadily without stumbling. God can never stumble. But we cannot do what God does walking steadily. We need the prayer staff with which to walk with God so that our steps are steady and we can go with God. God says in His Word, How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? So in your work, you are working with God. Jesus said, Come, follow me, right? And I will make you. So he's going somewhere and you are walking with him. That's what the Christian life is about. And if you are going to walk with God, you need your prayer staff. If you look at the Old Testament, almost all those people had a, they walked with a staff. It's not our culture today, but they walk with some stick. Even when they are healthy. They all had their staff. Abraham had looking, even the prophets walked with their staff. And you can see the depiction, of, depiction on television. You see John the Baptist, he has a, he had a staff. The shepherds, all of them have. So it was their thing. You walk with God with your staff. And so your prayer life is your staff with which you walk with God. So that you walk steadily with God and don't have to stumble. It's an amazing thing that a lot of Christians don't have a prayer life. I feel that very strongly. There are people that I'm looking at right now, and I don't know you, but I think God does. You don't have a prayer life. You're hardly praying. 
it's not a good place to be. It's so easy to think, I'm okay. I'm not tempted. Nothing is going on. I'm okay. I go to church. But your prayer life is suffering. And you are making decisions without a prayer life. So if you're doing that, all you're relying on is on your own understanding. And so when somebody who has been spending time with God starts making decisions, you find yourself not agreeing with them. Because the things that God assigns people to do, they go against our normal thinking. And so you stand up and oppose what is being directed by God. Those who are praying, but you're not praying. You're leaning on your own understanding. And you can never flow with God and you oppose it. And so you can be in agreement because you are not aligned. It's a very dangerous place to be. You have to try to develop a prayer life. This is Christianity. You have to have a prayer life. It's part, very strong part of Christianity. You have to have it. You have to have it. And if you don't have a prayer life, there is no, I'm not talking about I'm sitting in my car and I'm going to work and hurabaka shantalabasi a few times while driving to work. No. You need your prayer closet. You need your time with God. No matter, tell me you're busy. You couldn't be more busy. I mean, you couldn't be busier than Jesus Christ when he was on earth. He spent time. He woke up early. If it's important to you, you'll find time to do it. If you're not praying, that means you don't understand the power of prayer. You don't understand it. Once you fully understand the power you have with God in prayer, you can never but pray. You will spend some time praying. If you're not praying at all, and you're going on as a Christian, you you may appear really good, spiritual among people, and people see that, but God knows. And guess what? Satan knows as well. He knows there's just hot air. There's nothing there. So you have to develop that prayer life. I want this church to be a praying church. Because that's where God will do work for us. It's not about pastor. It's not about the church. It's about the assignment that God has given to the Ark Fellowship. We are a praying church. I believe that. But I want you as an individual to be a praying person. If you are a man, you ought to pray. Jesus being found as a man, that's why he prayed. Human beings ought to pray. Is when, not if. You ought to pray. Jesus prayed. I used to wonder, why is he praying? He's God. What will God be needing for him to be, Jesus, to spend all night praying? Why? He was a man. And human beings pray. If you are under God's agenda, you must pray. You you couldn't have more power than Jesus had. He prayed. He spent a lot of time praying. Even before going to the cross, after finishing with his disciples, he separated himself and was praying to the point of sweating blood. 
That's the Son of God. I need to pray. Human beings need prayer. We need to pray. And if you are not praying, you really miss this thing altogether. You really miss it because you have no understanding. And the funny thing that, that happens while you are praying, Satan makes you think you are not accomplishing much because you don't see anything. But you don't see into the spirit realm. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what kind of seeds that you're sowing for your life, for your family, and for your children and their children. You don't know what's going on. But God knows. The one who called us to pray, he knows the power of prayer. And Jesus gave us that example of praying. It's an amazing thing. Sometimes I think the pastors talk about pastors who don't pray. No wonder the church is having a lot of trouble. I'm so busy in the ministry. What kind of ministry are you running without prayer? What kind of ministry is that? You're so busy with ministry, you don't even have time for the one who owns all the ministry. You're kidding yourself. That's humanistic work. That has nothing to do with God. You're just doing it from your head. The spirit is not there, so there is no life in it. You may have a crowd of people, but there's no life there. Christians ought to pray. I felt this very strongly in my spirit. I don't know if it's for us, maybe for the whole church. But those of you that are here today are the mature ones that are working for God. But you really can't do God's work without prayer. It's very difficult to work with God without prayer. It's really hard for it to really last. It's got to be bathed with prayer. Let me read in this scripture here, Luke chapter 21, uh, verse 34 through 36. This is Jesus speaking. It says, but take heed to yourself. In in other words, be careful. Take heed to yourself. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, that's partying, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Cares of this life. Be careful. When Jesus is saying something to us, you can't excuse yourself. You're not that strong. He made us and he knows us. Before you know, maybe it's not drunkenness. But what about the cares of this life? Your little, little problems. That's the cares of this life. Is it right to have all these things we got to deal with? We humans. We got to deal with them. But they can take over your life. He said, so be very careful. So these things don't take over your life and that they come to you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare to how many? All those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. It will happen to every one of us. Every one of us. If you dwell on the face of the earth, you could be taken over by the cares of this world. That's what Jesus is saying. So be careful. Be careful. So he tells you how to overcome that. He says, watch, because of everything that I've told you, watch therefore. It's there for some reason, right? Watch therefore and pray. How often? Always. 
pray always. Not sometimes. Have a prayer life. So these things won't take over your life. You can't be that strong. You can't live on the prayer of last week. It's a daily thing. Pray as a Christian. You, God's commanding you to pray always. I've already told you, Satan has meetings. And you are on the agenda, number one. Yes. Isaiah 54 says, they shall surely gather. And they are gathering against you. Just like it says in Job, that the, the sons of God came together, and God was having a meeting. There was another scripture in the Old Testament, God was having a meeting, and the agenda was to destroy one king. And it was a demon that said, I'll put lies in the mouth of his prophets that he believes so he can destroy himself. They have meetings. And many times they are meeting against your life. So watch, he says, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things. So if you are not praying, you may not be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. That's what I kept saying is, when I read a scripture that is negative, and it says that many will be deceived, I go to God and say, you know, I know your word's going to come to pass, but uh, could I have an uh, excuse not to be one of those deceived? Please? I don't want to be one of them. That's my prayer line. And I will continue to pray until I have some peace. Because without him, you can do nothing. I can't trust my own abilities. And everything that God, supposedly God has done for me in the past, who oh, I've seen all these healings and all of that stuff, Jesus said many will come. On that day they will say, I have done these miracles. And they were not lying. You couldn't lie to his face, right? They meant what they were saying and they done those miracles. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Because they were overtaken by this. They didn't have time to pray. They didn't have time for God. They had a lot of time for ministry. And they thought because God was using them, supposedly, God was doing it for the people he wanted to save. Not for me. I'm aware of that. When God heals people and I'm ministering, I know he's doing it for them. Not because I'm holy. He wants, to, he wants to reach them. He loves them. And I'm just available to reach them. That's what it is. So I can't be thinking I'm something else. No, you're nothing. It's him that's walking through you because he's trying to reach the other, these people that he loves. And you are available for him to use. That's a good thing. But it's not just because of you. You have to live the Christian life as well. Yeah, yeah, and part of the, the major, a major part of the Christian life is your prayer time. That's the time that you spend between you and your father. And you're communicating, he's communicating his thoughts and his ways with you. So he can reach you. Now. Pastor Andy referred to, to uh, Isaiah. I don't know how long Isaiah had been a prophet and had prophesied. But never saw the Lord. Until he went into the temple. I don't know what he was. Maybe to pray. And God opened his eyes on that day. And God had been, had been speaking for a long time. Who shall go for us? He was in that place and never heard it. Until that very day. 
We need to spend time praying for God. If every one of us here starts praying for our lives and for the church and what God will do with the Ark Fellowship, you'll be amazed what God will do. I think it's a wrong thinking to think, well, if the church is filled, it's the pastor. I know very, very, I know very well that it's you and I and the ministry God's given to us. Everyone has his role. I know that very well. So the compliments, they at least here and they ask, we're doing this together. But I'm telling you, if all of us start praying and calling out on God, you watch what God's going to be doing for us. And he'll protect your family so that you can keep doing what he called you to do. That's the way our God is. He's a jealous God, meaning what he loves, you ain't touching. You're, nobody's touching that stuff. I, I like the word, can't touch this, you know? <laughs> it's so important. But so you can be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. Meaning they will happen to people. But you can be counted worthy to escape. If you are watching and having a prayer life, whether you are a pastor or you're just a member, everyone that's on the face of the earth, you got to be praying. You have to watch. It's very important. You never make an excuse for that time. Uh, spend at least five minutes, ten minutes before God. And if you can't really have time to do it, then make that time to have a quality time between you and your father. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. You don't have to be called into the ministry to do this. It's your duty to talk to your heavenly father. Why? I don't understand it. But I do know that he does something to you. He does something to his heart. And blesses your life and your family. So we need to do that. You know, there was something important about the disciples. Supposed to a time. They actually went to Jesus. They said, teach us to pray. You know that? Teach us to pray. We want to know how to pray to the Father. Why? Because they saw Jesus praying. And they knew John the Baptist was praying as well. And they knew John the Baptist taught his uh, disciples how to pray. What's that telling us? Prayer is a part of our walk with God. You can't escape it. If you're not praying, you, can, you are hardly walking with God. You're going to church, Okay. You are serving as a great usher, as great. But you are not walking with God. Because you need your staff to walk with God. You know, Moses had his staff. You remember that? In the wilderness, and that became God's staff. Guess where that staff wound up? In the Ark of the, the Covenant itself. The Ark, right in there. That's where it wound up. It became a part of it. God saying, this is very important to us. Um, a minister said, your prayer life is a staff with which the believer walks with God. And if you're not praying, then you may not be hearing from God very much. You may, from time to time, God may use you. But I do know that the ways of God are so different from us that when God's speaking to when he, when he, when he speaks to me about doing something, it's like, let me, I want to educate him. You know, let me tell you, God, what you don't know. <laughs> uh, because it doesn't make sense. 
how am I going to do this? You say, where is this thing? Just like, like Moses was telling God, they're not going to listen to me. You got to get me. had all these excuses because it's so, so huge. The disciples said, teach us to pray. Luke 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, so they watched him pray a lot. It says, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. They wanted to be a part of it. They are seeing Jesus doing the same thing, but they knew Jesus didn't get it from John. Jesus wasn't a disciple of John. But they saw what they saw in John. You remember two of them, Andrew and John? They were disciples of John. I don't know if you know this. But they were disciples of John. But when John, John said, this is the Lamb of God that take, takes uh, the, away the sin of the world, John just lost two of his disciples. They left him. They left him and went to the other church, okay? <laughs> From one statement John the Baptist made, my, most pastors are not going to be happy with that, you know? This is the Lamb of God that takes away, and this guy says, bye. <laughs> and they were gone. So they knew Jesus wasn't a disciple of John. But they saw the same thing happening. Jesus prayed just like John prayed. And so they said, teach us how to pray. So praying as a Christian, that's part of our Christian living. That should be part of your life. It should be a major part of your life. And if it's not there at all, you're just going to church. Let me say this. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And you say, well, I don't pray, but I can still speak in tongues anytime I want. Is he still there? Yeah, you can do that. Because it's a gift from God. God will never take his gift from you. But that doesn't mean he's happy with you not even talking to him. There's no relationship. When you're not talking to somebody, there is no relationship. But when you talk to God... After a while, he's going to tell you, yeah, that's enough. I have something to say. That's happened to me. I'm busy just telling him stuff. And then I hear in my spirit, son, I want to talk to you. Then I'm quiet. And and those things I've written down, and they've come to pass. Sometimes he will tell me things. I remember before God called us into the ministry, Angela was here. And I was in Nigeria. And God was telling me some of the things Angela was going through back here in the United States. And I wrote everything down while I was in, uh, in prayer in Nigeria, just describing exactly what Angela was going through. And that's when God said, from now on, most of your work will be in Texas. I didn't know what he meant. I just wrote those things down. Before then, I traveled a lot here in the United States and back in Nigeria. When I came back, I saw what was happening and I actually gave Angela, after a while, I said, wow, this thing is really true. What God s- spoke to me. So I finally said, I, look, Angela, look, read this. Maybe you understand what's going on. So Angela read it. You still remember, Mama? And she read it, and then she came to me and said, well, I understand my part. But what does this stuff mean about uh, most of your work will be in Texas? I said, I don't know. That's what he told me. I never asked any question. 
<laughs> she said, and uh, that's one thing I love about my wife. She won't let me... She won't let me get off. She wanted me to be obedient. She says, now, what are you going to do? You know, you have to do what God told you to do. What are you going to do? I said, Angela, I really don't know. She says, you have to do something. And I said, Angela, I really don't know what that means. And she said, well, let's do something so at least he knows we are willing to be obedient. I said, what do you want? She says, let's start a Bible study. So we started a Bible study in my home because of that word. As soon as they started the Bible study, they, from the first day I knew that wasn't it, I still didn't know what it was. I didn't say a word, but I knew that wasn't it. Until God helped us through prayer. I think we fasted for 40 days and praying to know exactly what that meant. Then we were clear it was the Ark Fellowship. No name at that point. But God will speak to you. I woke up, this, that particular day, I had, not, I had not even said one word. I just got up in the morning because it's my time for prayer. I got up and as I was about to kneel, he said, son, I want to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. Just give me time because I could tell when it's something that is for the future and I needed to write it down. And there are other times he's just telling me what to do. But this was important. I said, yes, sir. Let me get my pen. And uh, I'll write everything. So I got my pen and I started writing as fast. I don't care about the sentence. I write as fast as I'm hearing it. But you can't do that. God's not going to do that with you if you don't have a time when he knows he can get to you to talk to you. And that doesn't mean I'm a better Christian than anybody else. But I know I want to have a prayer life. A time to pray. Don't pray every day. I don't feel guilty if I don't pray today. It's just my life. I will make time I'm coming right back to it. I don't feel holy because I pray every day. It's, it's, it's just it's something I love. It's my work. It's my part of my life. So I've, maybe two days is gone. Don't remember. I haven't prayed. I don't worry about that. I'm, that's not my righteousness. But I know I need to talk to my father. I've got a relationship with him. After a few days, I'm beginning to feel everything, something is not right. I've got to get back. But if you're not used to praying, you won't feel anything. You don't even miss it. So you've got to develop it. You have to start doing it. Teach us to pray. The disciples also, they, they demonstrated to us about praying. Just like Jesus. Jesus demonstrated the importance of prayer in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. This was before he chose the disciples. He says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain just to pray. Just to pray. Because he was about to do something that will affect the whole world. So he spent some time praying. And continued all night in prayer to God. And I'm thinking, that's the Son of God. He's not like Satan is riding his back. He spent the whole night. I mean, he should know all things, right? But he's a man. And people pray. And being found as a man, he prayed. That's what it was. He prayed all night. 
I'm sure the disciples are sitting there and waiting. He's going to be back. One hour, they fall asleep. The next hour, he's not back. He's still praying to his father. This is the sinless one. What about me? I need to really spend time with him. If you think about anointing, this was the anointed one. And he's praying all night in prayer to God. And then he says, and when it was day, he called his disciples to him. So he called this great multitude to him. And then he chose twelve whom he appointed. So basically he's telling us what what he was praying about. That's all he's doing. He knew he had to make a serious decision. And he had all of these people with him. He needed to know exactly who needed to be in this group. So he talked to his father. Got all the names from his father. That was the father's will. Not his will. Got everything from his father. Then came down and said, hey you, Andrew. Okay, John, you, you guys come over here. And appointed them and ordained them. We need to do the same. We need to do the same. I'm going to share the scripture, how these people guarded their prayer life. If you read in, in, uh, in Acts chapter 6, I don't want to go into that scripture, but the, the, the disciples had multiplied, and there were some Greeks among them, Jewish Greeks, they came in there, and uh, then they were not being taken care of properly. And there was a problem in the camp. And the disciples said, look, just choose seven guys that will take care of this problem, that will serve tables. But they said, we cannot do that. We have to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. We cannot concern ourselves with serving tables. We're not doing that. Was it okay to serve tables? Yes. Guess the, the uh, credentials you, need, you needed to serve tables. You have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You have to be really tough. That's where Stephen came from. That's where Philip the Evangelist came from. They didn't pick any, just anybody. They, they, you have to have the wisdom of God. And the whole camp know that man is anointed. Uh, so the anointed ones serve tables. Amen. And but the disciples said, we're not doing that. We will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. They go together. You can't minister the word without prayer. They go together. You can draw from the past. But God will only tolerate that for a while. I, the one thing about God is like the stories of the story you, you hear about the eagles. He'll tolerate it for a while. And after a while, he says, okay, you're not going to get out and do bait. Then he'll let you pay a little price so you learn to do this. It's so important that we pray. They were not going to do that. In Acts chapter 10, there's something there that I want you to see with regards to the life of uh, the disciples, Peter and the apostles. Even when the man was healed at Gate Beautiful, what were they going to do? They were going to the house of God to pray the hour of prayer. That was a part of their life. They went to pray. 
I don't know if you know this, but Islam actually came, this man was working with the Catholics. And they have these five times a day that they pray. The, the Jews had the time that they pray for the whole nation, time to pray. I don't know because it's like the children of this world are in their generation, the Bible says, wiser than the children of light. They're doing these things and we have the power to pull down God's power, but we're not taking advantage of it. Hey, that's an amazing thing. We have the power in our prayer life to change things. Jesus made it clear in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. He said, if two of you shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Do we take advantage of that? That's prayer asking from God. We don't take advantage of that. It's like, it's like prayer is work for us. But it should be a privilege for us. Let me read this scripture. Yeah, their, their attitude in, the, in those days. In Acts 10, it says, The next day, this is about the story of Cornelius. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to do what? To pray. Acts chapter 10. That's 10 years later from the, days of, from the day of Pentecost. Ten years later. <coughs> Excuse me. Peter knew, this was daytime. Peter knew to separate himself to pray. While they were preparing his food, he took time off to pray. That's Peter the apostle. When do you take time off to spend time with God? And during this time, that's when God showed him the Gentiles are going to be part of this as well. But God knew to corner him because God knew he's going to come to pray. And that's when I'm going to give him this new revelation. And that sheet came down from heaven. Remember? And the church changed because God knew he has an appointment with me. He's going to be here. The day has come. I've already talked to Cornelius and I know I need to talk to Peter. But not while God was talking to Cornelius. He waited for Peter's time, his prayer time, and God spoke to him. How many times have you missed with great revelation from God and you were not there? You didn't keep the appointment. Do you even have a time of appointment with God where he knows, I'm going to meet this guy, I'm going to meet this woman, and I'm going to talk to her about this situation? Do you, can you wonder in your mind how many things you may have missed? Because God didn't have your time, his time with you, to share with you what was in his heart. He has something to say to you many times. He talked to Ananias, said, look, I believe it was during the time of prayer, Jesus appeared. Now look, there's a Paul there. And guess what Paul was doing? Ananias said, no, he kills them. He says, don't worry about it, go. He's praying, calling out, and I've seen a vision. Paul, new disciple, praying already. And in his prayer, God was giving him a vision of a man named Ananias, putting his hands on him so that he will receive his sight. Jesus said, you better walk there now. Paul is praying over there, and he's already receiving a vision. Now go get that thing to happen. We need to pray. 
We need to pray. I think you're deceiving yourself, uh, especially for us, uh, you know, speaking to myself as a Christian leader, supposedly in the house of God, and you're not having time with prayer, for prayer with God. He knows. He knows. The people may not know. Samuel, God had to tell Samuel to stop praying for Saul. Remember that? God had to tell Samuel, why you keep, you keep praying for Saul? I've rejected him. Go get David for me. Stop praying for, for, Paul, uh, for Saul. I, I let him go. But Samuel is like, I think I have to pray for, for him. He knew it was through his mouth. God spoke to Saul, but he never quit praying for Saul. That's my job. We need to pray. You can be a Christian leader. And, and, and then we just say, well, that's pastor. No, every one of you that have a position, something you're doing, you are a leader here. You should be praying for your group. You should be praying for your team. You should mention them before God. You don't have to say a lot of words. Jesus said many words don't matter. But you have to carry them on your heart. You know the high priest will have those, the breastplate, all the, the stuff in his chest, all the 12 tribes of Israel. They just war with them. What was that is close to your heart, meaning they were praying for the whole nation. So God put them, all the tribes, they have to put the 12 tribes who were on the chest as they ministered before God. What was God showing in the Old Testament? Don't forget my people. Pray for them. Pray for them. How many years have you been a Christian? When would you get to the place where you know you have responsibility in the house of God? To pray for the work of God that is here. How long will it take? I'm telling you now, if you have that heart for God and you want to really do it, you start today. One day you're minding your business and he shows up. He's found a person he can trust. And he says, yeah, you've been faithful in this, but I got something bigger because I can trust you. You shouldn't spend your life just living as a Christian, going to church, be determined. I'm going to be something for my father's kingdom. I'm going to make sure I make an impact in my father's kingdom. Not impression, not impressing people, but doing what the father desires. Paul, Paul was already praying. Paul was already praying. Paul was praying. I read that scripture. Acts chapter 9, please. Verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple of of Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision. You know why vision? Because he was in the spirit. Read Revelation. You, You read John said, On the Lord's day I was in the spirit. You know what that meant? I was in the spirit. He knew he was... Sunday, that's the last day. And he was alone in the island of Patmos. Many of us will say, well, I'm here persecuted. God understands. I'll sleep late today. (laughs) But he got up. He knew it was the last day and he started worshiping and praying to God. That's how he got revelation. He said, I was in the spirit. And then he heard the voice. Because he was praying. Because he was praying. Now there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and, 
And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Yeah, my Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And I'm sure Ananias said, What did you say, Saul of Tarsus? I heard that name before. This guy, he kills us. It says, Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. He is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. And that's you. Coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Ananias was praying. No, certainly he wasn't praying for Saul. <laughs> but God gave him a vision. And at the same time, God was giving Saul a vision. That's an amazing God, isn't he? He's, such an, he's uh, an awesome God. Two people, separate vision. And they connected. And look at what the world has become for that one day of connection between two individuals. Praying at the same time. It's an amazing thing what God can do. If people will only take some time out to spend with God. The purpose I'm saying this tonight is, is to get you to no condemnation, but change what you're doing. And to make a covenant with God tonight and say, God, you know, I used to just handle prayers if it was just, well, whenever I have the time. I want you to take it seriously. I want you to take it seriously. You can't do anything with God. Just well, I'll do it when I have the time. Hey, that's that's the blood of Jesus. He paid the price for that. You can't just do it whenever I have the time. It's got to be special to you, because it's special to the Father. You have to do it with. You have to be deliberate, because you know it's important to the Father. You can't just say when I when I have the time. He understands. Well, Jesus felt that way. We all go to hell. He, he wasn't convenient for him to go to the cross. I can't treat what he's done that way. And prayer is part of our Christian life. We have to do that. We have to do that. So that God can walk through us. The principle is when, not if. The principle is always. Always. Um, Luke uh, 18 verse 1. Jesus made, gave a parable saying to, the end, to this end that men... Could you put that on for me please? Luke chapter 1, uh, 18 verse 1. It says Jesus spoke a parable to them. A parable is a story just to illustrate the, important, the importance of what he is trying to say. That men... That mankind always ought to pray and not to lose heart. If you are a human being, you ought always, not sometimes, always to pray and not to lose heart. It goes back to the scripture I was reading in Matthew. Take heed to yourself so that the cares of this life will not take over, so you're not able to stand before the master. Men ought always to pray. Always. Pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible says. Pray without 
ceasing. And, and you don't cease to pray. And in Ephesians chapter 6, I believe verse 18, it says, praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So we pray always. And Paul says, watch just what Jesus said. To watch. But Paul also said, pray for me also. Pray for me also. So it's not sometimes pray without ceasing. Just continue to pray. We ought to pray. Pray for covered. That's watering the people. Amen? The seed. Pray for the churches, the churches we are working with in Nigeria. That's what you know. That's our assignment for this church. And pray for the body of Christ as a whole. But we ought to pray. If you're not praying, find some time to pray. You don't have to pray 30 minutes. But make sure you go into the closet. Somewhere. The closet doesn't mean you have to go to where you put your clothes, okay? <laughs> that means you go to a place that is separated, just you and the Lord. Other people could be there as well. But have a place where you talk to your Heavenly Father so He knows how He's coming. I know He's coming today and He's ready to speak to you. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. I try very hard to listen to my spirit, what I'm hearing in my spirit. So that's where I go to try to share with you. And this is not a rebuke, but I needed to to give you this word. Because the Bible, Paul said in in, uh, Acts, I believe uh, chapter 20, he said, I never kept anything from you that was profitable to you. I told you everything. So that's the purpose here. It would be wrong for me to overlook something as important as this and to preach something that is really exciting, the shouting stuff and all of that stuff, whereas there could be a deeper work in your life because deep calls out to, to deep. And until you do it yourself, you always be thinking, that person needs to pray for me. Uh, but you have more authority over your life than anybody else. When it comes from your mouth, it's coming from the depth of your spirit, which God recognizes. But when it comes from another person's mouth, God says the voice is like the voice of Jacob. <laughs> but, but it feels like Esau. Okay, you know that story? <laughs> God wants to hear from you directly. Amen? That's very important. Can we lift our hands up tonight and tell God there's nothing we can do without Him helping us. So whenever I deal with something like this, I'm telling God, I need you to help me. I am willing. Give me the power to be willing. Help me to do what you've asked me to do. I want to live for you. I don't have what it takes, but you have all that it takes. Without me, you can do nothing. I believe that scripture because Jesus can never lie to us. So what I have to do is to tell him, God, I'm willing. Please help me to be willing. God, I'm wanting to do this. I will do this. Please help me to do this. Help me to make that time for you to spend with you between me and my heavenly father. 
so I can know his voice when he speaks to me. My sheep, they know my voice. And so when we pray, he hears us. But until we, he knows our voice and we know his voice, there is no communication. I know the voice of my wife anytime. If I'm standing somewhere else and she speaks a word, I know that's Angela there. Amen. I can pick her up from the crowd because I know that voice. Amen. Father, I want to thank you. God, please help us not to be religious, but to be sons and daughters of the living God and to have a relationship with you that is precious, that is exciting, that is full of power, full of love. For your word says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Lord, we want to walk after the Spirit. We want to do what you've called us to do. And we're asking for grace tonight. Grace to separate ourselves from the crowd. To separate ourselves from the world. And to have our private time with our loving, glorious, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we believe tonight that we have received grace from heaven. Say that with me. I believe tonight that I have received grace from heaven to spend time with my Heavenly Father. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.